dark-haired approach. No, she stated, and went back to work. Bentless, muttered Len, eyes intent on banishing a blue bottle that seemed to have designs on the Healy's cylinder head. Drives them, works for them, I patiently inquired. Len is a man of few words, especially at the moment. As a mate of his, a brilliant car restorer, died in a freak accident a week or so ago. Len had worked with him on the racing scene in the late sixties, and they had kept in touch ever since. I had met Alfred King once or twice, liked him and admired his work. Len had taken his death hard. Nevertheless, he did stop work to consider my question, wiping his hands on the greasy cloth he favours, and came up with the answer. Stuck in the nineteen thirties. Don't know why. Before he was born— Model of the Brooklyn's racetrack in his garden, he informed me. Races Bentley boys round it. Sammy Davis, Tim Birkin in the four and a half litre, the Dunfee brothers, all the greats. Think he's right back there with them. This did not sound encouraging. I'd every admiration for Wolf Bonato and his fellow boys, and indeed for model cars, but racing them in one's garden is a step too far for me. Still, who am I to talk— I go into Dad's glory boot whenever I want a quiet think. More about that later. Know anything about something called Treasure Island at Carter's place in Harford Lee? Although I'd been back in the UK some five or six years now, and had been brought up here, there was still a lot I had to learn about Kent. It's a county of hidden surprises. Down every lane you'll find an unexpected turning or two. Follow one and who knows what you might find. Fortunately, Len did know about Treasure Island. It's a car collection. Knew the old man Henry Carter. Nice old chap. He began it, but he went years ago. Met his son once or twice, but he's gone too, a year or so back. The jaw is that his son has plans for it. He's the fellow who bought that easel revolter that you fancied. And couldn't afford, I remembered ruefully. I'm off there tomorrow. What sort of collection is it? Len had shot his bolt, however. Dunno. You'll find out. Weirdos, the lot of them. Kent in springtime, any time really, is a fantastic place to be. Apple blossom and bluebells still abound, despite all mankind can do to divert fruit trees and woodland to its own idea of development. It was still only mid-April, but the bluebells were beginning to take an interest in blooming, and I was looking forward to the drive. I decided to take my Gordon Keeble out for an airing, rather than my daily driver. Its 1960s majesty might be appreciated by the mad major. From Piper's Green, the closest village to Frog's Hill, it is an easy drive to Canterbury and a pleasant one, especially on the route I chose, which climbed the downs past Charing towards land which Julius Caesar might have travelled during his brief invasion. From Shoundsford, a road winds along a ridge of the downs through open countryside, giving the sensation of driving along the top of the world. It's true the various delivery vans that came face to face with my Gordon Keeble on this single-track road weren't quite as enchanted with the road as I was, but they obligingly made way for us. The Gordon Keeble's quality shines out. On such a day as this, I decided not to think too hard about what might lie ahead in respect of the mad major and the de Dion Boutons in the 1907 rally-come-race, or raid, as the French call it, which is, I suppose, a mix of the two, an adventure trip starring cars.
I'd had a quick check on the internet and in the book collection in Dad's glory boot. This is an extension of the farmhouse where he kept his famous collection of automobilia, everything from Giovanni oil paintings to saucy postcards, both featuring cars, of course, and from ancient cranking handles to steering wheels touched by the hands of the famous. I now knew that the winner of the rally, Anitala, was safely in a museum, and so was the spiker, but I could find no record of what had happened to the other two cars that succeeded in reaching Paris, the 10 HP de Dion Boutons. The last mention of either of them, according to the available books on the subject, Dad's invaluable handwritten notes in them, and the Times archive he had consulted, seemed to be in late 1907 at the London Olympia Motor Show of 1907, where the London de Dion Company advertised one of them as being on display. Nothing after that.